Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Somebody say, walk on water. We started a series on Sunday about walking on water. Walking on water is a metaphor for doing the impossible. How many of you know that based upon physics, it is impossible to walk upon water? Tell us about impossible. But the word of God says that with man it is impossible. But with God, somebody do like that too, with God. With God beside you, you being in him, him being in you, with God, somebody say all things. All things are possible. And so we're looking at for the next couple of weeks the metaphor of walking on water, something that sing, something that it is deemed impossible with, with man. But when we obey God, we can do the impossible. And so we challenge you Sunday to, to look into your life and what is your walk on water experience? I don't know what it is for you. It could be starting a business. It could be starting a foundation. It could be uh, uh, doing something that, that uh, doing breaking a barrier that your family has not been able to break through. I don't know what your water is, but tell somebody you can walk on water. I was so inspired. One of our dear, uh, dear uh, sisters here, Amber uh, Gilmore, she, she posted uh, something on Sunday uh, 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 saying that she was going to walk on water. She was so inspired by the message that she's starting a clinic for, uh, for Christian dance. I mean, that just did my heart. I mean, that's better than any handshake. Tell somebody, you can walk on water. There is something in your heart that the devil wants you just to go to the grave with in your heart. Do you know that the graveyard is one of the richest places, is the rich, most rich pieces of real estate in any city because there are unwritten books, there are unstarted businesses, there are unpreached messages, there, there are all things that, are, that could have been done. There is potential that was never reached because people were scared to get out of the boat. But tell somebody, I'm going to walk on water. Turn with me to Matthew, the 14th chapter. We're going to read this. We're going to read this a couple of weeks. Amen. We're going to, we're going to extract something out every week when, that we talk about it. One, two, ready? Let's read. Immediately, he came, uh, he made the disciples get into the boat. Come on, read with me. And go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was, he was there alone. But the boat, by the time, was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Next verse. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Say, saying they cried out in fear. Say it one more time. 
But immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, mean get control of yourself, get it together. It is I, do not be afraid. We're going to stop right there. And I want to share with you for a thought real quick about mind games. Somebody say mind games. How you know, a lot of times, I don't know about you, I'm not really scared of the dark. When I was little, I used to walk around in the dark. <laughs> Probably my eyes ain't no good now. But I used to walk around in the dark because I wasn't scared of it. But some people in the dark, their mind starts playing tricks with them because they think they're seeing something other than what they're seeing. And the thing that they see, they can start projecting their fears that are within them. They will start projecting something that's not even there. It's called a figment of your imagination. Tell somebody mind games. You may be seated. The devil will play mind games with us. The disciples, they were being obedient to Jesus. They were being obedient, y'all. They, 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 Jesus said, just go out to the other side. I, I'm not telling you a specific GPS location. I just want you to go to the other side. But all of a sudden, they, a, a wave started beating them, and they saw a figure out on the water. Now, you have to understand that they had just seen Jesus turn two fish and five loaves and feed a multitude of people. Said 5,000 men. You have, you have to assume that the women and the children were with them. So it's probably about 15 to 18,000 people that, that Jesus turned some, a little bit of fish and, and five loaves of bread and turned it into a buffet that fed. And it said they had so, many, so much they had baskets left over. Somebody say overflow. We can learn a lot from that. That a miracle was started because of one little boy's generosity. Whose miracle are you holding up because you won't let go of what you have? But I digress. They had just seen Jesus perform a miracle and they told him, just go to the other side. Go to the other side. And then they see Jesus out on the water. And they said, and they said that their hearts were gripped with fear. Somebody say fear. Their hearts were gripped with fear. And they say, is it a ghost? Now, all the things, they, they saw Jesus perform all these miracles. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him heal the sick, uh, uh, heal the demoniac. They saw him doing all those things yet and still. When they saw something that they were unfamiliar with, their hearts were gripped with fear. Mind games. That are out of all Imagine if you see somebody just take two fish and five loaves and feed thousands of people. Your faith will be on 200. Am I right? But look how quick they went from faith to fear. It was all about what they processed in their mind. They looked at the environment around them. They looked at the wind. They looked at the waves. They looked at, they said, the, the word of God said that the wind was beating against their ship. Could it be that we are making determinations about where we are based on the environment and how we're being rocked and how we're being pushed? And, we're, and, and even though we left church and our faith was, and we were high-fiving people and we wrote down every scripture and we said, yeah, God, I'm going to step out. I'm going to do this. As soon as a little bit of wind's gone, the blowing. We change from faith to fear. 
Somebody say mind games. You do, know, you do realize that the mind is the battlefield. The mind is the canvas to which the devil manipulates us. The mind is the place where he sows seeds. He said, I can't, I can't, I can't make you go out there and sin, but, I, but if I sow the right seed in your mind, it will go from your mind and seep down into your heart, and then it will, see, then it will seep out of your heart because out of abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and you can have whatever you say. Somebody say the mind. The mind is a central processing unit. It is the computer. It is the thing that tells everything else what to do. It is how we process. And that's why God said, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, I need you to think on these things. And I need you to cast every imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. But the minute we're faced with the unknown, our first inclination is to fear. Why couldn't it be, oh my God, Jesus just performed a miracle and he told us to go out here. Why didn't they trust his resume? He had just performed something and said, go out there, I'm going to meet you. Why is it when you see Jesus do all these things, you can let the circumstances and environment get you out of your faith place? I'm not talking about walking on water per se, but I'm talking about what led up to the moment. Tell somebody, don't let the devil play mind games. But isn't it funny that Jesus chose the moment when a storm was happening to show up? Oh, you can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. Isn't it funny that Jesus could have Jesus showed up when it was calm? He could have showed up in, in the morning at dawn where they could clearly see him. That would have been nice and seen it. Jesus walking on the water and the water rising and you can see the, the, the beads of sunshine hitting. Well, that would have been a beautiful scene for somebody to write. But Jesus chose to show up at night when your visibility was low. Not only did he show up, he showed up when wind was blowing. He showed up when, when, when the breakers of the, of the way were dashing against them and that's when Jesus challenged them to go beyond sight and have vision we can't walk by what we see we gotta walk by what we know what is it that you know as soon as they were faced with the unknown the word of God says that their hearts began to fear and that the truth be known we're such control freaks we're so nosy whenever we don't know our hearts get in fear. I don't know what they're going to be doing on the job. I don't know if they're going to be doing layoffs. So let me start brown nose and let me start playing, uh, playing office survivor and start trying to line up with people, trying to do things, manipulate things on our own, all because we just don't know. When the fact of the matter is, nobody even knows if we're going to make it home tonight. Nobody knows. Yet and still, we put our faith in a car that we don't know that it's gonna blow, if it's going to blow up. If it, I'm, I'm not trying to scare you, but we put our faith in unknown all the time, y'all. We are, we are sharing the road with people that are texting, that are taking pictures, that are tweeting, that are drinking, that are smoking a black and brown, trying to do everything, trying to eat their french fries over in the seat. And yet and still, we put our trust in people and things. And inanimate objects that we don't know. Yet and still, when it comes to our future, whenever we don't know, we use the opposite of faith and we start walking in fear. Mind games. And, faith, and fear has the same ability 
to affect your life and affect your future and create your future. Paul said it like this. He said, the thing that I fear the most is what came upon me. The thing that I dwelt on, the thing that I put my energy towards, the thing that I focused on the most, I actually, it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more, the more I dwelt on the negativity, the more the negativity came. But Jesus showed up in the storm. Somebody say in the storm. Here's my question to you people. God said they were terrified. And I want to challenge you to this. Most of the time we think because we're in a storm because God has forsaken us. Lord, what did I do to deserve going, to be going through this storm? When are you going to get me out of this storm? As if God is not control, is in control of the elements and the waves and the wind. Jesus, that, Jesus in the bottom of the boat, another miracle. They were saying, Jesus, do you even care that we perish? Jesus was asleep down in the bottom of the boat. He said, let me show y'all that even the wind and the waves obey me. He said, peace, come here. Be still right here. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because we can get so out of sorts. We can get so out of, uh, uh, out of character and get out of our faith walk because of external elements. To, to be honest, y'all, we don't have control over anyway. You think you got control. You don't have control. You got control over yourself. You have control of how you respond. You got control over what you speak, with the things that you step out and do ahead of time. That's the only thing you got control. You can't. I got news flash. You can't control your husband, parents. You can't control your children. You can't control your boss. You can't control your cousin. You can't control your grandma. And the sooner we realize that we cannot control anything but ourselves, our faith, and our mouth, we'll be delivered from a lot of frustration. Somebody say mind games. I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't want to focus on the game that the devil plays. You have to realize that it's a game. The mind, it, it is a chessboard. The devil is making moves. God is making moves. And whose side are you going to lean? Whose side are you going to align with? Tell somebody it's a game. And the sooner you learn the rules of the mind game, the sooner you can win at the game. Oh, God. I got to I move. got to move. got to move. But somebody say the storm. I want, I want to challenge you to look at the storm you may be in. Because when you are experiencing the, great, the greatest amount of disturbance, I'm going to say that again. When you are experiencing the greatest amount of, uh, amount of disturbance, somebody say disturbance. You know that's what a, disturb, that's what a storm is. It is, the, is the, it is an atmospheric disturbance. It's where lightning, it's where thunder, it's where all these atoms are clashing and all this electronic charges are building up. And so, a light, so lightning is where wind is blowing things and it's disturbing things. Somebody say a disturbance. When your life is faced with the greatest turbulence, the greatest disturbance, look for God. God can be found in the storm. Jesus chose to show up, not in a calm, serene moment. Jesus chose to show up in a storm. Could it be possible the reason we're not delivered from the storm because we haven't found God in the storm? God, would you just get me out of this? I can't take no more, God. God, I want you. God said, if you just look for me, if you look past all the winds, 
All, all the salt water that's getting in your eyes, wipe your eyes, clear, clear your perspective, clear your vision. Just like Jesus, Jesus said, take heart. He said, get a hold of yourself. Like you've been somewhere before. You've been with me. My name is Jesus. You see me perform miracles. Get a hold of yourself. Calm yourself down. It is I, Jesus. And that's God's message to us tonight. Whatever storm you get, you're going through, calm yourself down. Lean forward, and you'll find God in it. And we're going to believe, according to Romans 8 and 28, all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord, called according to his purpose, then storms are part of all things. Come on now. We, 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 want, to, we want to celebrate the trophy moments, the, 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 the high moments, the moments of, of celebration. But God is also the God of the valley, and he's God of the mountaintop. And I want you to know, you will get out of, you will get out of the storm as soon as you find God in it. You may have to look hard. You may have to look long. You may have to, you may have to wipe through your tears. You may have to heal yourself from wounds. But God, where are you in this? I know that you order my steps. You order my steps to mountaintops. And you order my steps through the valley of the shadow of death. But even though I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I know that you are with me. So where are you, God? Where are you in this storm? The rest of them couldn't recognize it, but Peter recognized. And he said, Jesus, is that you? You mean to tell me, out of all the things, I've seen you heal people, I've seen you turn, I've seen you multiply fish and bread, I've seen you do all that stuff, but you're telling me that you can walk on water now? Oh my goodness, this changes he didn't say, can I do it too? He said, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come on. Because if you can do it, I can do it. If you can do it, Jesus, I can do it. Peter was not filled with fear as the rest of them. What's he recognized? Oh, wait a minute. This storm and this person out on the water, Jesus is responsible for all of this? Oh, I can roll with this. And I want you to know that if you find yourself in a tumultuous, a, 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 a turbulent season, if God ordered you there, buckle up and ride with it. You got to buckle up and ride with God because if you trust that he is an order of your steps, you got to realize that I may be going through right now. But I got to go through in order to get to where God is taking me. Knowing that he's working a far more exceeding way of glory in me. And when I come out of this, I'm going to come forth as pure gold. Somebody put your hand together and just celebrate the word of God. But there, as I look at the text right here, there were two... Forms of fear at battle here. Majority of the disciples, they fear the unknown. And so they already, uh, you never know people that just, when they don't know something, they always lean to the negative. 
Oh, Lord. They got me doing x-ray. You know what that means. You know, the unknown. Why, 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 why you always got to look at it half empty? Could it be possible that, that God is up to something? And that God can't perform a miracle unless it's something that only God can do. <laughs> and so, and so th there are two forms of fear. I call it fear versus fear. Somebody say fear versus fear. And this is what we're going to have to make a decision when we're playing the mind game. That which fear are we going to ascribe to? I know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sign. I understand all that. But I, but I want to talk for the purposes of the night, of tonight, that there is a healthy fear. Tell, tell us about a healthy fear. We teach it to our children. When they're babies, we got to teach them healthy fear. No, you know, we take, take the baby to the stove. Hot, 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 hot. Tell somebody healthy fear. I remember one time my son, he ran out there in the street and scared me to woo. I turned around, I was out in the yard, and he said, Daddy. And he was out in the street, in the middle of the street. My heart about stopped. I ran out there and I got him. You know what I did? I said, son, sit, come here. I said, touch the street. I said, street? He said, street? And when he was touching it, I rubbed my hand back and I hit his behind several times because I wanted him to have the association that you don't go out in the street. I instilled in him a healthy fear. Tell somebody some fear is healthy. We don't just go walking tight ropes and just jumping, you know, you know with, uh, with our hair wet, just plugging stuff in the outlet. You have to have a healthy fear. Tell somebody a healthy fear. So there are two forms of fear. Hebrews 4 and 1 says this. this tell somebody, you have permission to fear, but healthy fear. It says this. It says, let us therefore fear. Lest a promise being left for us to enter into his rest, any of you should seem to fall short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as was with unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. Why is that, y'all? Because the word was not mixed with faith that heard it. Tell us about a healthy fear. You should have a healthy, healthy fear. Here's, here's, what, I'm, here, here's what I mean. Instead of fearing the unknown, we should apply the faith to what we already know. I'm going to say that again. Instead of fearing the unknown and focusing on what we don't know, we need to apply our faith to what we do know. I never understood people, I, I ain't going to go to the doctor because if I don't know nothing, I can't. No, you need to know what's going on so that you can apply faith to it. Faith needs a target to be shot towards. And if you never find out there is an issue, you can never, you can never objectify, you can never direct your faith towards that target. Tell somebody, you need to know. Whenever people get a bad diagnosis, okay, now that we know what's going on, now we know how to pray. Now we know how to apply our faith. Now we know how to bind up the devil rather than speaking, well, you know, we can pray amiss, we can pray without any target or any focus. Now that I know, <laughs> see, see, we are killed, we are destroyed because of lack of what, y'all? Knowledge. Now that I know, I'm about to unleash my faith on this thing. 
now that I know. So it's important that we have a healthy fear. So we need to know, but faith can only be applied to facts. I'm going to say that again. Faith can only be applied to facts. If I don't know that it's a fact that I've got a diagnosis, I can't apply my faith towards it. If I don't know that it's a fact, it's a fact that my debt is this high, how can I ever apply my faith towards it? Tell somebody facts. Facts are indisputable. Facts, facts cannot be fudged. Facts cannot be manipulated. It is what it is. You get on the scale, it is what it is. Your body mass index, it is what it is. Some of the times we don't like facts because we can't manipulate them, we cannot contort them. But the fact of the matter is, as soon as you, as you, as you deal with and you acknowledge that this is the fact, but guess what? It is not the truth. The fact is that I may have a diagnosis, but the truth is, by his stripes, I'm already healed. My bank account may almost be in the negative. Tell somebody that's a fact. But the, but the truth of the matter is, I'm an heir in joint heir with Jesus Christ, and he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So as soon as you get the facts, then you can go, let me go in my back pocket and get some truth and apply it with faith. Here's the thing. Thank you, Lord. Facts are subject to change, but the truth never changes. Jesus said the words that I speak are true, and they are life. And every word that he's ever said, it is settled forever in heaven. So, and look, and so go, don't be in denial of the facts. Go and go in God's word. Crack open his word. Say, God, I need, God, these are the facts. But I need you to show me some truth so that I can change the facts. Hunt somebody tell them, change the facts. You can change the facts. You can change the facts with your faith. Here's the thing, people of God. Somebody say healthy fear. Healthy. We need to use healthy fear as fuel. There is a positive side to fear. And that's part of the mind game that I want you to understand. That there is a healthy, there is a productive side of fear. I just wrote a couple things down for myself. I, I fear being alive and not living. There are many people that are clinically alive, but they're not living a fruitful life that Jesus said in John 10 and 10, that I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. People are living a dried up, crusty existence, even though your blood pressure may be good, even though your, even though your cholesterol may be in alignment, even though your body mass index may be a 23. It, I don't care what it is. You may be alive, but you are, you are not sleeping with peace. You're not, you're not living in love. You're not walking in prosperity that Jesus died for. There is a difference between being alive and living. And I fear occupying days on top of weeks and weeks on top of years and years on top of decades and not living. Tell somebody, I'm going to live life. The next thing I fear, I fear not maximizing my window of grace. 
When you accept what God has called you to do, there is, there is, there is requisite grace that goes along with what God has called you. That's the reason some things can seem easy. Some people say, how do you do that and manage all that? It is the grace that God has given me. And once I accept God that this is where I'm called, this is where you've called, this is where you've ordered my steps, I then qualify for the requisite grace that's attached to what God has called me to do. And I am not going to leave this earth unless I wring all the juice out of my grace for where God has called me to go. Tell somebody, maximize your grace. I fear not leaving a legacy. I want it to matter that I've been here. I don't want people just having a, have a memorial and cry, oh, he go, he go, I'm just going to miss him. No, I want there to be say, this is what he did. This is what God allowed him to do. This is what God established. I fear leaving this earth and not leaving a legacy. It's not about leaving a car. It's not leaving about daddy's favorite tie. It's not leaving uh, uh, my, my faith, all my pictures. I want to leave a legacy. To say, my granddaddy, my great granddaddy did this. It's something I can point to and be proud of. Somebody say a legacy. The next thing. I fear not leaving an inheritance to my children's children. This is what the Bible says I can do. Say a wise man leaves an inheritance. Somebody say an inheritance. Till his children's children. And so God, I want you to prosper me not only in my spirit. I want you to prosper me physically. I want you to prosper me financially. I want to see my children's children's children grow up. I may not be able to move much, but I, I just want to look. I want to sit on my land and my property and watch my, all my descendants just, just having fun of what God produced through their daddy and their granddaddy. I want to leave an inheritance to my children. I'm telling y'all the stuff that we've got, that, that we have access to. We look at these people and we fantasize, oh, it can never be me. Why not? You can be a water walker. Tell somebody, you can be a water walker. The fact of the matter is, people of God, as we're standing, you can stand. The fact of the matter is, you need to choose one fear over the other. Somebody say, choose healthy fear. Peter made a decision. Peter made a decision. He said, I would rather walk for five seconds on water than to never know what it was like to try. I'm going to say that again. He said, I fear because, because Jesus has wet my appetite. Because Jesus has wet my appetite, I fear. Somebody say fear. fear. I know, look, y'all scared to even say it because y'all think you can't say it. Tell somebody, I fear. I fear. Never trying. You might fear. In, in all, in all uh, when you look at the, the totality of it, People can look at Peter and say, he kind of failed. Because Jesus had to rebuke him about having little faith. But guess what? He had enough faith to get out of there. He had enough faith to take a number. And he can say something 
When I, when I, as crazy as Peter is, when I get to heaven, I want to find him. What was it like to walk on water? What was it like? You, you, weren't, you weren't holy divine like Jesus. What was it like? You being born in sin and shaped with iniquity. What was it like for you to step on something that you're supposed to sink in? He may not have done it long, but by God he did it. And you may fall trying. God, I thank you. You may look foolish and you may sink and you may fall on your face a time, a two, a three, a four. But God said that a just man falls seven times. But guess what? Every time he falls down, he gets back up. You've got to feel failing. But you need to have a fear that I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to breathe my last breath. I don't want to experience my last heartbeat and have regret. That is the biggest fear I have. I have the fear of, of laying on the hospital bed, looking at my wife and looking at my children, knowing that the end is coming, knowing that I'm regretting the things that I did not do. That, my brother, that, my sister, is what you should fear. But it is in your mind. I know safety is good. There's safety in the boat. All your friends are in the boat. All your cut buddies in the boat. But he had to make a decision. Am I going to be scared of what they're going to say? Or am I going to be scared that a moment that I felt a tugging to step out, I ignored it and I let it pass me by? Anybody ever, anybody ever laid in bed looking at the ceiling thinking about your regrets of moments past? Anybody have one of those I should have parties? Why are the Lord saying that I'm giving you a chance again? I'm giving you a revolution. I'm giving you another window you to step out on that water oh God I thank you somebody lift your hands in this place Lord I thank you Lord that even though we, 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 we let fear grip us we let the fear of what people would say and we let the fear of looking crazy and we let the fear of failure we let the fear of sinking down and we let the fear of not doing it right and not living up to mama's expectation and not living up to our daddy's expectation. We let the fear of the unknown override our fear of the sense of obeying you and walking on water. But God, would you please give us another opportunity? God, you're not just the God of the second chance. You're the God of the fifth chance. You're the God of the twelfth chance. You're the God of the twentieth chance. Over and over and over. God, give us a revolution. Give us another opportunity to step out on faith. God, remind us through this word tonight. That it's all in our minds. Lord, you told us to do, to, to, to do not conform to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing, by the changing, by the refurbishing, by the remodeling of our minds. 
Lord, allow us to learn the rules of the mind game that the enemy will shoot darts at us at any given moment, God. Allow us, Lord, to be mindful of the game that the devil is playing, Lord, that we can win at the game of the mind, God. That whenever we are faced with an adversity, with us, we have a decision to faith it or fear it. Lord, I thank you today that from this word today that has been sown in the hearts of your people that we will no longer be satisfied with the confines and the safety and the warmth and the dryness of the boat. Lord, that we will see you in the storm. Lord, fine-tune our vision, Lord. Fine-tune our focus so that we can see you in the storm. For it's in the storm that we'll see you. It's in the storm that you're going to command us to walk on the water. It is in the storm. It's not in the calmness. It's not in serenity, God. But it's in the storm where you're given the best in the most clear direction, God. Fine-tune our ears. Fine-tune our spirits. Fine-tune our minds, God so that we can accept your will for our life. I pray faith into everyone that is listening. We bind up fear and we cast it out of the hearts of God's people. And we command an insatiable desire to fulfill our purpose on this earth. Lord, give us a healthy fear so that when we leave this earth, God, we'll leave empty of everything, God, that you've called us to do. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, somebody. Put your thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.